The interior design of a space can significantly affect your feelings and well-being. Ancora Interiors can help create an environment which reflects the message of your business or design a living space which is a reflection of you, your lifestyle and tastes. Providing both e-design and fully-fledged interior design services to suit every budget. Ancora ensure that the look you want becomes a reality using a range of digital visualization tools to perfect the look of your space before a paintbrush is lifted. Check out AncoraInterior.com for more information or contact us at hello at AncoraInteriors.com for a free consultation. You're listening to Go Fish exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome everyone to episode 57 of the Go Fish Business Tips podcast. My name is Matt Pollard and my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. Joining me are my two fabulous co-hosts, the lovely uh, Chris Roxborough from my marketing guy. <laughs> Did you see? Did you, you thought I was going the other way then, didn't you? Uh, you swerved there, didn't you? Yeah. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good to be here. And uh, the irrepressible... I feel like that belongs to you, Chris. No, I, I, call, I referred to you as being ubiquitous on uh, on a post the other day. Oh, yeah, I did. I'd have to Google that, to be honest. It's been a while <laughs> since I've checked the thesaurus for stuff. But I was like, I can't remember what that means. I, I sent him a message saying, get well soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I soon recovered. <laughs> Obviously, if this is the first time of you listening to our episodes, I suppose we should explain what it is that we do, Mr. Oxborough. We should. Mr. <laughs> nice. I like that. We are a business podcast and we're a, a group of three individuals who own their own businesses and talk all things business how did we set up our businesses the trials and tribulations of being a business owner so that everybody that's listening in can kind of get in on the knowledge and why do we do it chris we do it oh to... i thought you were going to pass it to ishtar no, again no, then. No, not at all i, I wouldn't <laughs> dream you, of it can we, you answer this one we do it <laughs> we do it to to hopefully to educate and inform and uh, enable people to uh, avoid some of the pitfalls and mistakes that we've made and um, pick up what we've learned along the way brilliant and if people do fancy listening to the show because of mentioned at the outset it's episode number 57 but if they want to listen to the previous ones Ishtar seeing as I'm passing all of the responsibility to you guys today Mm -hmm. Facebook Instagram LinkedIn YouTube Twitter is where we have socials and you can um, check all all of our content out on there but also you can check our podcast on any major podcasting streaming software Platform. Platform, there we go. That's why you do the intros and we don't. And which platforms are they, Chris? Uh, that's me. I know. I think Ishtar's just mentioned all of them, to be <laughs> Very good. Um, what's the topic of conversation that we're going to be touching upon today? We are going to be... Passing the book. <laughs> Not taking, res- taking responsibility. Yeah. How do you, yeah, devolve responsibility. Today we're going to be talking about um, when you have a business idea... How does that translate into actually 
getting your business started because I think this is quite an interesting topic and obviously all three of us have been there where we've had a a flash in the pan kind of moment and thought oh that would be great and then we've taken the steps to kind of build it into a business so I figured it would be a good one for today indeed I I suppose the top (laughs) (laughs) what was that (laughs) a flash in the pan moment (laughs) I didn't have words I think light bulb was what you were looking for that's the one yeah Sorry, sorry, carry on. So if you have a, a flash in the pan moment or a light bulb moment, yeah. or either or both. Maybe then you'll have both, you don't know. I suppose the first thing you probably would wonder is when when to recognise these sorts of moments. When is it not just a daydream? Or is that in fact what these things generally start off in the first place? And perhaps when you think about it in a bit more detail or... Uh, perhaps if circumstances slightly change, uh, you suddenly think, well, actually, that daydream could become a reality, Mr. Oxborough. Yes. When did yours, did yours, uh, when think, you suddenly decided to conquer the world, well, was it a daydream or did the, you? I, I've just decided to conquer the world on a couple of occasions. Um, and uh, I, I think that all the circumstances are different for everybody, aren't they? I mean, we've got people coming out of uh, coming out of lockdown at the moment who have been furloughed, and furlough comes to an end or came to an end a couple of months ago, and they some of those people have been made redundant, which is uh, an appalling situation to be in on top of everything else. Many of them have decided to uh, follow their follow their dream of uh, setting up their own business, and I think it's probably predominantly those people that we're we're aiming this particular podcast at. Um, the necessity people. The necessity people. Yes, uh, there will be those following their dream. Um, there will, but necessity in a phrase is the mother of invention and we're hoping to uh, to throw a few ideas into the that particular pot that will uh, will help those people with their invention or the fire in the pan hey hey are we going to be repeating this all through there's the every chance <laughs> when, when, when did you have your fire in the pan moment <laughs> I thought um, it was a flash <laughs> or what a light bulb don't put light bulbs in frying pans children yeah um Actually, pretty much when I decided that I had no choice but to become a business owner because of my personal circumstances, so um, it was more of a necessity for me as well. Yeah, it wasn't a choice that I was actually planning to make ever. It was just circumstances led to that that point, and obviously that's why I think this is kind of a cool topic because I think a lot of people are in that situation, as you rightly said. Yeah. What about you, Pollard? I I should perhaps apologise for the background noise which sounds like a leaf strimmer blower thing uh, we've been we are recording live from the saint vincent de paul de paul uh, charity center where it has food banks and does lots of wonderful things for the local community and uh, we've had relative silence and peace for the duration until such time as we press record and then someone's decided to get the leaf blower out. So sorry if that's droning on in the background. I suppose it's probably more entertaining listening to what's droning you, you're on. You're droning on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so what about you? What's your thoughts on in terms of like, was it a necessity or not a necessity? And 
my my first business was out of necessity because I decided to leave the place I was at and it was a case of do I go get a job somewhere else or do I set up for myself. The change in career, I suppose, was probably a bit more of one of those things that started off as a daydream and then became more of a a reality. Mm. And I think I just, I think the idea just grew and grew and grew to the point where I just felt brave enough to take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that was that was essentially it. Well, that's cool that we've kind of all. Did you do it out of necessity too, as well, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Necessity. That's interesting that all three of us kind of got to this point out of necessity. Mm. Okay, so then I, I think the necessity. Quite often, I, I suppose to touch upon that, the the necessity element of it, um, is that not because people are sometimes, and I, I'm talking about myself, perhaps to that degree, aren't quite brave enough to take the step that they probably could do and it's the necessity that sort of forces you off the precipice so to speak and only when you go off the edge of the precipice do you realize it wasn't that big a fall in the first place and you could have done it earlier you just kept on kicking the can down the road it's probably true of a lot of people yes yeah i mean i've got friends who work in full-time jobs at the minute and are doing their businesses part well on the side basically Mm -hmm. so they're kind of building up on the basis that it's not as a necessity, it's a bit of a dream, and that's what the direction that they want to go, go down, but it's in a safe way that they're doing it. So I do think there are ways around it that, you know, make it less scary than the, probably the ways that we've done it. What are the things that we need to do then as a, a step-by-step process, really, when you are looking to, well, you've come up with a new business idea and you want to make it a reality? Now, I suppose, that does that fall under the, we're setting up a business, and or can it also mean a product idea? Because it might not be, or essentially does that become one and the same because the product is a business? Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing you've got to do is, uh, before you think about anything else, is uh, some research. Is what I'm thinking about, is there a, is there a demand for it? Mm. Um, uh, how's the market? Is it very crowded? Where will I fit in? You know, What are the price points? Uh, well, absolutely, they're... They're all all a big consideration at uh, at the beginning. I mean, you you're the closest to it than the three of us, aren't you? Because yours is only just well Mine's two still years, a little baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your your recollections of what went through your mind in that at that stage as to what you were to set up mm. and um, and and how and what the market was like yeah did you do that research first firstly i'm a spreadsheet lover me <laughs> did you had, do a business a plan you might. I did. 52 pages it really your business plan yeah wow. it's very thorough did i do one for anchor interiors no chance i was like scarred by the 52 pages that i did the first time but i did do a massive amount of research at the beginning and just to find out what would be my USP was the basic thing because when I set up my building business I was obviously aware that there's tons of builders everywhere um, much more established than me I'm a new player on the market how do I demonstrate that I'm different or give something unique and that the female element of my business was therefore my USP and I played on that massively yeah that's got to be pretty unique for a building company hasn't it and then like we've had this discussion in our pricing uh, pod as well in terms of where do you price when you're a brand new business i started off quite 
low in terms of my pricing and then have suddenly found feet, um, you know, during the course of, um, you know, my business running. So, yeah, the research in terms of understanding what people were paying. I actually even asked people to come and quote me for the work that I was planning to do. Right. To get an idea of what people's price points were or get friends to tell me what they'd been quoted for certain pieces yeah, of work yeah, too. Yeah. But research is is like the best thing to do in terms of starting out. It's essential. Absolutely essential, yeah. I I mean, not to blow my own trumpet, but when I first did my first business plan, mine was much the same as yours and the bank asked if they could use it as an example one to send, oh, give to people what? and they can just say, I mean, my spreadsheet was like something NASA would produce <laughs> <laughs> trying to determine all the different variables of the different work Go types on. and all the price. But yeah, I was quite pleased. It, I mean, it did take me months Today. to do, which... With hindsight, I could have simplified it, not spent those months and probably got going a bit sooner. But I think, I think that's a good point. We don't want to scare people off and, and overcomplicate things because it, it you need to be detailed, but it doesn't need to take a long time. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. It is, setting up a business is a, a it's basically a simple operation, isn't it? Yeah, you need to know what your competitors are, how much money might you make, is there a demand for it in the world? How are you going to do it? What money you need to do it? And then have some basic touch points to remind yourself because it's easy to be get, get distracted and led down different paths once you get going. Someone goes, oh, I've got this great idea. Do you fancy getting in on it? And people often don't ask themselves those original questions of, will this enable me to achieve the things in my business plan? And if the answer is no, is it the right time for doing it? If the answer is yes, then maybe you just go ahead. Yeah. And there are organisations out there that help small, brand new businesses actually do a business plan and they're not long documents at all and the people will actually talk you through putting that document together. Yes. So it's not like you have to do it on your own or whatever. There are organisations that do help you and I'll tag them into a post actually because I know a few that can help. Excellent, you besties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so we've done the boring bit. The boring bit. Ugh. Yeah. All the research and the documents. and Is this a viable business idea or not? Can it or not can it? What do you do next? Uh, what would you do next? What, what I would do next, and it might not be everybody because we're all different, uh, I would decide how much money I needed to... Uh, to make uh, out of the business that year, to, to earn out of the business that year, and then work that backwards to decide how many clients that represents, and um, uh, and then you go. To, then I, sorry, I'm, I'm saying you. Then I went to the to to the stage where okay, I need X number of clients. Where am I going to get them? How am I going to get them? And that's a whole different conversation, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, I think I think that's an excellent one. I, I suppose I would potentially argue that that goes inside the business plan yeah. aspect Research. of things yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds silly but you mentioned it in the green room before we press record uh, about just coming up with a company name which sounds silly but it takes forever when, when, well it, a it takes forever and b when you start for example you've just mentioned going to these um these organizations that will help you put your business plan together the first thing they always say is oh what, what's your business called and you don't have to feel like a plum when you go, well, I've got a name for it yet. So it does actually help to have a name. I, I do feel that makes it real, more tangible. Yes. 
doesn't it? So yes, how did yes. you guys come up with your names? I want to hear the backstory because this is so interesting when I hear how people come up with their company names. Go on, Chris. Um, I wanted, um, I wanted the marketing man. Uh, the marketing man was taken, uh, so I put I, uh, my marketing man. That had gone. And when I say it, it had gone, I don't mean as a company name, although it, that was true as well. But I, I, I was doing this in tandem with domain name availability, which is highly, highly important. Correct. Um, so, and I ended up, I ended up with my marketing guy. Guy is not a word that I, over many years, have used an awful lot. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't terribly comfortable with it initially. I am now, obviously, it's uh, 10 years ago, but, um, uh, so, but my marketing guy, and then people were, when I, when I went public with that, people were saying, what a great name, how, where did you get that, and how did you think of that? And I said, well, actually, it was a process of, uh, elimination. of of elimination and necessity, yes. I wanted to achieve a certain <clears throat> image for the, because uh, people talk about mm. oh, our marketing fella or my marketing guy or the marketing man we right, use. Right. So I wanted to be part of that conversation. Oh, I love that. Really. With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. What about you? No, you go first, Paula. <laughs> which, which one, though? Because I've got a million names I've had to come with. Funky. The, the Vantage Law one came up because of an Aston Martin Vantage cut me up on the motor. I must have been for, two, no way. for about two weeks before... I've been looking at everything, trying to work into a name because I was determined that the law firm would not have my name in the title because I hate those old schooly type names. Um, so I've been looking at lamppost and going lamppost law, you know, <laughs> lamppost legal, anything pigeon. <laughs> you did it because you, it's really hard work. Mm. Um, and eventually, I was driving back over to Leeds to see the folks, and and that's the mic cut me up on the motorway. And A, it attracted my attention because I thought, what an ass. And then B, I thought I'd really like an Aston Martin Vantage. But then I thought, well, Vantage is quite a cool word. So that's where that came from. Okay. Uh, funky vibes. I was listening to some funky music, trying to come up with a name. And that's how I did it. No. I put me, I put me funky my funky dance playlist on and and I was sort of dancing around trying to come up with some names on the computer. And I was like, yeah, do you know that, that'll do. Did you video that by any chance? What, the dancing? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm afraid not, people. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the drone, squadron. I, I wanted drone in the title, so squadron media. Um, I, I came up with a couple. It was like the drone age. Welcome to the drone age. Yeah. Uh, but that was, too, that was too wordy, so I thought that'd be better as a title underneath. Yeah. Um, so I looked for every variations of drone, but a lot of, the, a lot of them are gone. 
then I, then when I went for my training, they, they referred to me as a pilot, and I was like, "Ooh, pilot, Top Gun, where can we go with this?" <laughs> so I started playing around with that, and obviously, squadron. If I've got a multiple drone people under my umbrella, it was like there's a squadron of drone pilots. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that one. That's good that's name. Clever. Yeah, and then the pod station is dead simple. I just wanted to do something on the nose. Yeah. That's a really great name. I'm surprised that wasn't taken before, so to be honest. Well, I was, which is yeah. why I got it, to be honest, because yeah. it, it was exactly what it says on the tin. Absolutely. Mm. Spot on. So, yeah, some of them are more interesting than others, I think. <laughs> I can't believe you're listening to funky music when you just decided that you were going to call your company Funky Vibes. I'm a funky guy, what That's can I say? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, so, mine was a bit more deep and meaningful, to be honest, because I was like... <laughs> Oh dear. Here we go. Do we yeah, need to get yeah. comfortable, Chris? Yeah, well, I'm settling down. Yep. <laughs> I wanted a, a company name that, well, so I do a bit of property investment, um, the renovate stuff, building stuff, and then the interior stuff. So I wanted a name that kind of encapsulated everything and anything to do with home and how you feel when you're at home. And so I was Googling words and then I decided that actually it might be nice to not have an English word and actually look at other languages that kind of give off what home means to me. So I looked at Latin words and I found... Very bourgeois. Ancora, (laughs) which means in Latin, hope, refuge and support, which for me epitomises what a home should be like. It's a place of refuge, it's a place of hope because you build foundations and dreams from there. So I was like, oh, that's all warm and fuzzy. People probably never ask me about that. They just take it on face value. But I know deep down that that's why I came up with that name and nobody else has got it so i've no doubt you'll have some latin scholars on your client list you never in know course, yeah at some point know exactly what you're talking about but yeah i i suppose that you touched upon it earlier chris there is an importance to coming up with these names because you can come up with the world's greatest name but if the domain name for it isn't available yeah. it's a waste of time uh, i came up with apple yeah <laughs> <laughs> is it it's a it's a gone <laughs> But not it could only, have gone for orange, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> but not only domain, if you're set, setting up as a limited company, it, you need to check company's house as well, don't you? You do. Yes, you do. You yeah. also, in all seriousness, you also need to do a search on Google, do a search yeah. on all the social trademarks. media platforms, on the trademarks, because people might not have a registered company. Um, but they may They might not have even got they? the domain name, but if they're already set up, you are then tiptoeing into people's IP. Correct. Um yeah. Domains territory. and territory, and if at the end of the day you spend all your money getting everything looking all sexy and fine because you came to Funky Vibes, uh, and then you get a letter from the, a cease and desist from a law firm saying stop doing this um, because we already got it, then got it. You've got to reverse and redo everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just not worth it. So yeah, and it does happen. It, it absolutely does happen. I have had to send letters on behalf of clients for just such a a reason. Can I say that actually most central libraries offer an IP clinic for free that they will go that you can go and ask them questions about anything to do with IP and trademarks and stuff and they'll advise you on how to get information for that kind of stuff to check. They'll sit and talk to you for free. Yeah. That is good to know. You can do checks on most of the main. So you can do checks on the uh, is web check, which is the company's house one. So you can check on the government site for the patents and trademarks. Yes. Um, where else can you go? You can usually go onto any of the domain 
account sites and you can do a search and it'll tell you whether these domains are available or not and also if you're using a company formation company to set up your company they can do it on your behalf too yeah yes, that's true yeah so definitely do that I suppose while we're talking about ip if it's a product or a particularly unique idea you do need to look at getting your ip uh, patents all boxed off it sounds very boring and mundane and potentially expensive and sometimes it is but if you've come up with the next Dyson vacuum cleaner, and if they'd like to be a sponsor of the show, it's gofishatthepodstation.co.uk. Um, but if you have come up with the next Dyson and you don't make sure that you've got a patent for that, and then you open it up to the market, yeah. I can guarantee that someone will come along, take the idea, and make it their own. And there are some areas on this planet who do that, without any care for the fact that you have a patent so if you don't have a patent it can be a lot worse and then shipped halfway across the world yeah yeah so definitely do that and to that end you you need to speak to ip lawyers intellectual property lawyers for that Mm. and it, it can be an initial conversation a to see whether it's worth doing b to see how much it might cost and see what the process entails but at least if you find out the information you're you're armed aren't you with it what i might do actually just while we're talking about this because there are going to be like really important nuggets that come out of this i'll probably just put a checklist on social media of some of the key things that we're kind of going through because i think things like trademarks and ips are not necessarily things that everybody will tell you about but they are hugely important so i will add that and they're not something that every company will need, in fairness, either. But, no. But some companies will. Will do it, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of red tape stuff we need to look at as well, mm. isn't there? Yeah. Um, so we've got, you mentioned before. ICO, yeah. yeah do you want to explain what the ICO um, is in case people are going, uh? It's the Information Commissioner's Office. It's a legal requirement to be registered with the Information Commissioner's Office uh, for every company, whether they're... Um, whether they're sole traders or limited companies and everything in between. Um, it's not expensive, but it could be expensive if you don't do it. So I think £40, is it, Mark? Yeah, for, for, usually for a small startup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I highly recommend just Google ICO or Information Commissioner's Office. It'll take you to the to the registration area. Other legal requirements is insurance. There's so many people who I know who overlook this as a startup business. Absolutely. Some who produce products which absolutely should undeniably have insurance before you even start. If you're, say, doing food, um, if if someone with a nut allergy and you forget to put yeah. some nut information on the, the label and they end up dying. Game over. I mean, well, it's game over and bankruptcy for you if mm. they decide to go after you. And, and that's sort of why you need insurance yeah. in place for those sorts of things. That's so true, actually, because you don't, you, it's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. So having, just speaking to an insurance broker and explaining what type of business you are, they will then be able to best say these are the type of insurances that you will need. So definitely, I didn't know anything about what the hell an insurance broker was before I set up my business, but there are tons of really great insurance brokers out there that deal with stuff like this. Um, if so one would like to be a sponsor of the show, go. <laughs> yeah. don't, ju- don't just rely on online services, I think, because I did make that mistake of just having a look online of what business insurances you might need. Actually speak to a human being and get, get tailor-made you know, advice on what's relevant for your business is what I would recommend. At its most basic, you've got to have uh, public liability and, uh, and, and 
personal professional indemnity. Pro- pro- that's the one. Thank mm-hmm. you, Esther. No it's problem. easy for you to say, Chris. <laughs> I was struggling with those words. <laughs> yeah, depending on your business, those are generally for professional chef. Yeah. And there may be more regulatory ones as well: mm-hmm. solicitors, accountants, builders, surveyors. There may be sort of authorised bodies who you need to affiliate with as well. And also if you are, you know, having people work for you either as third parties, subcontractors or employees, there are additional insurances that are required from them in order to satisfy your uh, insurance needs. So all of those kind of considerations also need to be made. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I mean, for my drone business, there's quite a lot of red tape stuff. So I need, uh, we need a licence, a drone pilot license but we also need to be registered with the civil aviation authority we need specialist drone insurance in case it decides to drop out the sky sky and land on somebody's head Um, dbs checks so that if i'm filming anywhere where there might be kitty winkies yeah i can produce stuff that shows um that i'm not uh, a risk to people (laughs) that's the most (laughs) diplomatic way i could put it um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah you know what i mean and so there are there are a lot more things that are worth sometimes i mean for the dbs i don't really need the dbs check unless say i was say filming in a school and in a school actually a lot of people will have dbs's certificates so they could actually just be with me to make sure i'm not doing anything untoward oh, is that right? but actually i find that if i have a dbs certificate it gives people peace of mind i think yeah, it comes yeah. across as a bit more professional yeah I agree. Um, so sometimes just going that little bit further does yeah, does help yeah, doesn't it idea. especially if you're going into into places like you're saying or people's homes if that's where your work requires it yeah right what's next on my list logos and colors oh yeah baby I think this is an important one. Funky vibes. Because <laughs> this basically is the crux of everything that goes after, isn't it? In terms of how you, how your company is perceived and, you know, your branding, which is and your it, guy's forte. If you're not naturally creative, you do need to take the advice of a, a, a branding specialist. Um, the fact that we have one in the room at the moment and it's not me or Ishtar um, <laughs> is, is not why I'm saying that. You do need to take advice I about agree. colours because the the um, the way your company is presented uh, in, in design-wise, colour-wise, etc., etc., will be with you for a long, long time. So take advice. A lot of the things I suppose we're going to mention in a moment and indeed we are now, will all be done concurrent so yes. at the same time because yeah. I've got down here accountants and, and solicitors for say contracts and things like that these are all the things you do at the same time but from the branding perspective I do think that once you've decided you're going to do it and once you've started to do all of the red tape to make it an actual thing um, you do sort of need things to give to people, whether it be a business card or to send them to a website or even to a social media page. You do need to be able to have that more visible, tangible thing because if you're introducing yourself as having a new business, I'm always a little bit disappointed when I meet people who've just set up a new business and then they go, yeah, yeah, I haven't got a card or a logo or or, I'm, I'm... I personally didn't promote any of my businesses until I had those things because I think it gives the wrong impression. It feels like I've met you too early if you haven't got 
those things to show me or yeah. give me, which means that I might decide to go somewhere else now, which means you might miss out on the sale, whereas actually if you meet me and you've got the card, I might instantly go, oh, actually, I do need you, so I'll drop you a line this afternoon. I was the same, but I made, uh, I, same as you in terms of holding back b- before putting myself out there, uh, but I then made another classic mistake of having my business cards printed by a well-known on- online printer. Um, and because because they were inexpensive, and I was very, very well aware of, uh, of costs at the time, but it's true what they say, buy cheap, buy twice. Um, the first business card I handed over to somebody, this bloke said, uh, oh, um, Instaprint, hey? And I, I felt about two foot tall. It was, it was so, it crushed me. So I threw those cards away, I went to a printer, had them properly printed, and uh, no more no more judgment. It's first impressions. We've mentioned it a million times before in previous episodes. It's that first impression you give. And when you're a new business, it's all the more important to give the right first impression because you are still, you haven't got a track record to fall back on you haven't got any testimonials to fall back on there is no credibility as a business because you haven't got the history to support it so if you don't come across properly first time round you you, as a customer you're not going to take that risk are you you're going to be less inclined anyway you're tying one hand behind your back if your first impression is poor and that's not to say that you can't have a a landing page coming soon and it's not to say that you can't have a social media page that has some coming soon content on there it's just principally at this point about having a logo and having something that people can see represents you and your brands but it shows you thought about it that's the point people Mm. can go visit it and see that it's in progress yeah how important is the logo, Mark? Tell us. Well, I've banged on about this for probably 56 episodes. <laughs> it's massively so, because it's the first thing people see. Yeah. The number of times I see ones that are ugly or have been done by someone themselves or they've downloaded a template thing, and you can tell. And whilst that may be within the confines of people's budgets, some people think it looks perfectly fine and i suppose that's all a matter of taste isn't it but i would i would always say are you going to write your own legal contracts are you going to do your own accounts are you going to do sort out your own insurance policies um what else you tend to go to experts to do things for a reason don't you you do and I suppose it's all a, a question of how important these things are as to whether or not you can afford or you want to afford doing your own accounts. But for me, I would always say, well, get an accountant because you'll probably save more money than you'll spend them doing your accounts just by them giving you a little bit of advice. Um, and then the time that you save, you're not doing your own books. You can actually be earning money yeah. instead. Um, but as always, some people choose to DIY it and I think for me that's a bit risky when it comes to your brand. I think we've got to be aware uh, because we've all been through it of the financial nervousness when you're when you're setting your business up and you do end up cutting corners even if you never set out to um, financially. Um, I certainly um, I do my I do my own books um, 
I got a bookkeeper, but I felt I'd lost lost a bit of control and knowledge of what was going on. So I, I decided now I'll, I'll do it myself. Um, so so it, 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 there are decisions to be made. But, and, and, and if we can cut across you there, Chris, yeah. how long have you been in business and been your own boss when you decided to do that? And I don't mean just for my marketing guy. I mean just generally. Oh well, more more years than I'm care, than I care to admit. Mark. So it's not <laughs> you're not you're not an inexperienced no. person who hasn't spent countless hours sitting with accountants discussing the ins and outs no, no, of things. No. And I, I suppose that's if you've got the skill sets and the knowledge. Yeah. So I'd be quite happy doing a lot of the checks for the legal aspects of my businesses, given what I used to do for a living. But actually, if I could afford to outsource it, I'd rather do it because of the time and the lack of inclination but if i had to do it i would do it but that's because i know i've got the skill set to do it yeah. to a competent yeah. level but if i didn't have my background i wouldn't be doing it because there's th- too many things can go wrong i'd always get an accountant to do the end of year um, uh, trial, mm-hmm. uh, trial balance returns call them what you will they they call them all sorts of things um, uh, and and file them with uh, with HMRC because I do believe that uh, the having an accountant uh, at that stage is absolutely vital, regardless of what you think you can do. They will save you money, probably the amount of money you pay them. Definitely. What about you, Ish? What what would you do next on the list? Um, websites. I like the fact you keep coming back to my services. <laughs> <laughs> Only because sequentially I think that's what I did, websites and social media. So yeah. once I'd set up my company and bought my domain, um, I ch- I didn't know you then, Mark, to be fair, just to put it out there, which is why I didn't use Funky Vibes. I did my own website. Um, and we'll fix that, my- don't worry, people. <laughs> and uh, did my own social media. And um, that was important because I wanted to put some content coming soon or put start putting content on there so that when I was speaking to people um, that they could see a bit more about at least the services that I was offering. So that was um, kind of important. And I didn't have obviously before and after pictures on my website at the beginning. So it was more about storytelling about who we were as a company and um, what we did and how we were different and also at that point I leveraged on my website I'd built partnerships and collaborations with other small businesses that were linked to renovations so I'd put that we were working with um, you know a waste removal company and they were a small business we were walk- working with a window company and they were a small business so I'd put something on my website like we know what it's like to be a small fish in a big pond and that's why we collaborate with other small businesses so I was semi like cross promoting their work so they could get a feel for the type of company that I was on the basis that I was sharing the love a little bit so that and that was kind of what I did until I was able to put a few before and afters on there but that was massively important for me at that point. What about you, Mr. Rox? Because I, I think perhaps the website and the social media brings it more into the genre of our wheelhouse of marketing as a whole, really, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. you're setting up a business, you need customers. Yep, I, I felt totally confident building my own website. Uh, I spent about a week uh, on WordPress to, uh, to to put together about half a page 
um, not very professionally either, gave it to somebody who knew what they were doing and they had it done in a couple of days. Um, yes, it cost me money, but how much had it already cost me in my own time uh, and frustration and um, personal stress uh, by trying to do it? Don't try to do something yourself that you really don't have any idea about. Uh, and that, that, that was a bitter experience. I should have known. Did know, really, but wanted to give it a go. Uh, with the social media, I was a bit more confident. <laughs> Set my social media pages up. Uh, and one one piece of advice I was given was, uh, before you put yourself out there, um, create a bit of a history. So I started, let's say, take, take these out of thin air, let's say I started posting on social media in June, had the website in June, but didn't actually put myself out there until September, because I wasn't ready till September. Um, I already had, when I was handing these business cards over and going to meet people at networking, etc., etc., I had three months' history. Um, it was false history because, um, well, it wasn't false. They were posts. They were genuine posts. Uh, but nothing mentioned any clients or just just uh, how-tos and uh, inform, educate, and those sorts of posts. Um, so, so that was that was a piece of good information that I was given. Create a history before you before you actually launch, um, and that's I've, I've passed that advice on to others since then too. Yeah, very much. The brain processes nearly ten thousand visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customers see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk. The other thing I'd probably tie in with the whole marketing aspect is the business resource support that you might find we've mentioned networking a couple of weeks ago didn't we in an episode we did. um we've done networking before in a previous episode we have. um you mentioned earlier about organizations who provide support they will perhaps help you to identify other services that you need that you didn't realize because you don't know you don't know what you don't know no. and when you then do need these things uh, you might then have a, start to have a network of people who you can use for those. And I, I think when you first set out, and I think it's worth joining networking groups before you even start a business. There's been plenty of people I've seen over the years who've come to events I've yeah, been at yeah. who have been, well, I haven't actually set up a business yet, but I've got an idea and I'm just dipping my toe in the water. Yeah. That's perfectly fine coming out and doing doing those things, but I think what you then start to do is build relationships that will be really important yep. further yep. down the line. Yeah, that's all about it. It's, it sort of lines up with the building your history, doesn't it? Um, Very much. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you and I met, didn't we, Chris? It was indeed. Yes, yes. Three you three business resources. You, you you were referred by a. Um, well, you tell the story. You tell. No, you tell it. No, no, please. You want me to tell it? <laughs> I don't know it, but I'll have a go. So when I was setting up my business, um, I started to do research online about training courses for new businesses. And that's how I got connected to One Manchester and the lovely Wayne Wilson, who we both 
know and love and basically Chris was providing LinkedIn training and Facebook training and marketing training in general General weren't you for small businesses so I rocked up to one of Chris's events um you roxed I roxed up to one of Chris's (laughs) events was like amazed I did fall in love with you immediately I'm not gonna lie Chris I was like oh my god everything (laughs) that's just a natural reaction when you make a strux but he was actually one and I said this to him because I left him a review after the first training I was like he just blew my socks off because everything that he said I immediately could apply and it was so beneficial right from day one and I know Um, you were saying that not everybody did that but obviously you you got to me at that point. I was like, oh, I'm coming to every training now. <laughs> yeah, you became a bit of a groupie, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel there needs to be some romantic music played <laughs> over this section. But it's so great because then Chris has introduced me to so many people, as has Wayne. And so really, like those those smaller organisations, even the women's organisation with my good friend, Jermaine, no, I always like to get her own blog. Um, you know, they are organizations and business resources that are free that people just do not know about. So, you know, research the hell out of things like this. And again, we'll post links. Well, you were things. very good because you you had this thirst for knowledge, which uh, not every not every new business owner has or would be business owner has. Um, you, you had this thirst for knowledge and when lockdown came around because um, that, that was after you done yeah. the, the, the attending at all these things um, you, you we introduced you to some online networking did, uh, yeah. groups as well didn't we you did yeah and um, and I think uh, you know that but but you had to do it it had to come from you because you can it's the old take a horse to water but you can't make it drink yeah and you you drank everything that was there <laughs> Because I like to be prepared. <laughs> see, see, beginning of this show and business plan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I'm from Yorkshire, so perhaps this is the topic that's very close to my heart. Uh, how do we? How do you save money when you're setting up? <laughs> Should you be trying to save money when you're setting up? Are we talking about saving money in order to start the process, or are we trying to talk about how do we reduce some of the setup costs? to make your money, your budget go a bit further. Yeah, I mean, everybody has uh, financial set-up costs, don't they? So, you know, the cost, I mean, company's house, if you're setting up a limit, company's minimal, but, like, the cost of accounting, the cost of legal, the cost of marketing, all of these kind of things. So it's about really making that list, uh, which we will put online in terms of your to-do list. But, um, you know, what can you do yourself? Who do you know in your network of people that might be able to do things at a bit of a reduced cost or, you know, a quid pro quo type of thing? Um, you scratch my back, I scratch yours type of thing. Um, and, you know, just generally attend or to be able to attend training like, you know, I did with Chris and just learn how to do things for yourself until you are maybe six months in and can then afford to do, you know, yeah. Um, I suppose this awesome. comes back to the necessity daydream question, doesn't it? Mm. Because if there isn't a necessity, I would probably always advise people, if they're in fully fledged employment and receiving a, a steady wage that's covering the bills and allowing you to make some savings, I would work out what it will cost to get things done properly and actually save the money up before you embark on 
the ride, so to speak, so that you don't have to cut yeah, that many that, corners. Yeah, no. if you've got that luxury, definitely do it that way. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because everybody's situation is different. I know we've said that before uh, today, but um, but somebody's situation who's perhaps been furloughed and then made redundant, and they're coming out with a substantial redundancy package, that's one scenario. They can afford to, probably afford to buy in the, the expertise. But you might have somebody who hasn't been with the company all that long, and they're they're, they're coming out, and they've they haven't got two pennies to rub together. So they 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 need to watch every single uh, outgoing uh, that that they have to make, and and that's where you need to. They, well, they would need to call in the odd favour here and there, and and dare I say it, do it a little bit on the cheap until they've got a couple of clients and they can afford to. Uh, push the boat out a bit more very much i think if you can afford to to do it properly you should try yes. so if you if you're in employment don't rush do bits at a time there's nothing wrong with getting some getting it registered with company's house and getting all your branding designed and getting all your red tape sorted whilst you're still employed and then only really start pushing the business once you've decided you're ready to step out from under that shadow or like say if you've had a, a lump sum payoff and you've got the cash to do it then perhaps do that but um, it, I, w- I know the reality is some people find themselves in a situation where they have to budget yeah. because they don't have any other option and I understand that but if you can avoid that I would always recommend doing it because it's better getting experts to do the things yes rather than you having to figure it out yourself because you'll get a better finished product. You'll get there a lot quicker and it'll look a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And as uh, as was the case with my website, you might have to spend the money anyway. Exactly, yeah, but you just don't realise it. No. So have we got any other things that people should bear in mind when you've had a genius idea? Time requirements in general when you're setting up a business time, like how yeah and like yeah. how much time do you have to allocate per day to actually get this thing off the ground it's it's a lot yes, it <laughs> you'll is. be working every day under the sun just to try and because you're building a presence of on online or in the market from zero mm-hmm. and that is time consuming well you're trying to get everything done as quickly as possible because it's costing you money until it's yeah. up and running yeah you, you're quite happy to do those 14-hour, 15-hour days and work weekends to try and get all the things in place so you can actually start earning some money. Yeah. And then even then, when you, you start earning some money, you're going to want to try and turn the jobs around as quickly as possible so you can get paid, yep. so you can get your cash flow ticking over. Yep. Well, I think at, at this stage, you, 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 we need to start referring people to previous podcasts don't we where, where we've done startup marketing uh podcast and we've done uh, price points we've done those business plans did we do business plans we did definitely do marketing plans we did we did we did marketing plans yes um and uh, knowing your customers so so important especially in the early stages because you can waste an awful lot of time if you don't actually know who your customer is yeah and that might sound a statement of the obvious, but um, so many people don't. I think it's just important to make sure that whoever you're living with or not living with, you've got a support mechanism around you, be it your family or your spouse or partner or whatever, that understands that there are going to be specific time requirements and that you're going to need that support um, from yeah. them because it is just going to be a stressful period um, for 
you know short or long period of time depending on how long it takes to get you off your feet but be prepared we'd love to hear your stories though yeah defo oh, yeah. send us an email go fish at the uk or direct messages on any of the social medias so facebook instagram twitter and linkedin we'd love to hear your thoughts have we missed anything um how did you get on at what point did you decide to turn that idea into a reality um all of those things we are massively interested in yeah we need some engagement as well that'll be cool I suppose the other thing we, we want to mention, it kind of ties in for what we're doing uh, the day after we're recording this. So we're going to be at another business fair um, as business mentors. Yeah. yeah, They're quite a handy thing to have if you're just starting out. Do you want to explain what a business mentor is? Well, look, I had a business advisor. Can we? Can... Uh, you've had, yes, you've, you've had one. I've had a business advisor. It was Wayne. Um benefits of Wayne oh god I feel like I'd be lost without I would have been lost without him because he was such a good font of knowledge about everything and anything he was basically my sanity check person to say this is where I'm up to this is what I've done have I missed anything do you know anybody that can help me with this because I'm struggling with this and he was just that calm in the middle of a storm because I didn't know any other business owners at that time it was basically just him providing that support which by the way was for free so yeah they're they're amazing just to keep you kind of calm and anchored at the beginning and just offer that guidance yeah i think i think those sorts of organizations are absolutely vital for the startup company the way the way you were yeah ongoing business mentors they 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 act as your conscience really don't you don't don't you don't they yeah (laughs) you don't Um, want me as your conscience (laughs) Um, you know, have you? My, my, I've got a weakness, and it's it's probably following up, uh, following up sales leads, following up inquiries. And if I had somebody to to give me a ring every Tuesday morning and say, "Have you done X, Y, Z?" Now, that, this isn't a typical mentor, uh, but a mentor is a different is different things to different people. And for me, it's 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 being the conscience making me think oh god so and so is going to ring on tuesday i better get that done um because if there's nobody asking you the awkward questions then you just plow your own furrow don't you and you end up procrastinating and uh, uh well we've done an episode of procrastinating and our solopreneur episode which yeah. was the previous one yeah. we, we discuss all these things because it could be very lonely as a a startup and a business owner and having someone to just give you a gentle nudge or a pat on the back or a, a big hug when you need yeah, it yeah yeah can mean the world can't it yeah yeah but it's also people looking at your business with an external pair of eyes that has got to know you and your business over a period of time and then just can sanity check things with a fresh vantage point so they are, i've come across two other ones that i've been working with um, since I started and they've been great because they've just got such different perspectives on how I can handle things and move my business forward in, you know, in a short period of time. So I would definitely recommend them in some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, have we done that? No. Oh. Getting oh. your first job. <laughs> okay. That is really important, isn't it? I'd probably say so. So how do you get your first job when you're setting up? So you've done all that stuff that we've talked about. Now you got to go with help for work. How do you go and go and do it, Mark Pollard? Well, this comes down to your marketing and your networking, doesn't it? 
I would have said the things we've already discussed. That's where you're going to be. When you become... Typically, yes. When you become your first business, you want to tap into every single contact you've possibly got. Friends, family, business contacts, business associates, business friends, any human being on the face of the earth who might be able to get you into um, a good referral partner, someone who can send you lots of work very easily or can place an order with you straight away sometimes the the friends and family might even be a good opportunity to do your your test cases so going back to creating the history that you mentioned chris yeah sometimes doing freebie jobs for friends and family where you've got the comfort Death attached home. to the fact that you can do it and they yep. know that you you might be kicking the tires slightly they know it might take slightly longer but they're okay with that because they trust you as a person but you can then take pictures, you can um, promote the hell out Defo. of it. Um, those sorts of things are quite useful. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you might get work off the back of that free stuff. Did so, you, did you yeah. do it that way? Um, I, I have done. I suppose I have done. I, I, I think for the marketing stuff, I was lucky with I had clients from the outset, but I have done some bits and pieces for people either to help them out or because it's a charity which I've then used to promote the drone stuff probably more so because I'm quite happy to just go and throw the drone up anyway um, so while I'm there if I get some good footage I will use it yeah. on the website um, so yeah I have done stuff for free I mm. suppose a lot of these podcasts that we do are free so yeah, we have the true. business spotlight, the pod station launched the business spotlight, which is one which sort of helps businesses promote themselves. That's a bit of a come on a podcast, see how it works, and do you think that might be useful for your business? And if so, here's some packages that you can pay for. Yeah. Uh, visit the podstation.co.uk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I, I do, I have done, I will continue to do. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you just want to shake every tree you can go and hear, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Without question. I yeah. I did that for, for my building business. I did a couple of jobs for free for friends and family so that I could also test out my process with them, knowing it was a safe environment that if I did mess up, which I didn't, by the way, um, that, you know, then I was okay. And I used before and afters and that absolutely kick-started my business because I was able to find people who were just willing, even if it was a small job, we took it. If it was a small tiling job, I took it just to say that we'd done it. And slowly, slowly, and now I don't do any marketing at all, and I get people contacting us. But the other way that I was then promoting um, getting my first job was just taking that one project that I'd done for a family member and posting the hell out of it on Facebook and posting it everywhere that I could to yeah. say, look what we've done, because actually it was a mint project. <laughs> so it worked. So that's how I would recommend that you get your first job. Fantastic. Yep, and of course, good. social media, Chris. Social media, Mark. It's a yes. great way of getting that business. Get the message out there using social media, bring the clients in using social media. Further information available from Guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk. Two G's in the middle of my marketing guy. Thank oh, you very yeah. much. We are commercial whores, aren't we? <laughs> you two are. <laughs> <laughs> and we do it fully and freely and openly, don't we, Chris? 
Well, all the, all this, all these hints and tips that we've done for fifty-seven episodes have, as you've just touched upon, have all been given freely, and uh, and so the odd the odd self promotion isn't won't be begrudged. I don't think. I don't think so. No. We're not too bad, are we? No. Do you want to mention your website? Since I've been Chris, I've done it. Agorainteriors.com <laughs> for all your interior design needs. Um, can we talk about reviews as well, just quickly? Because I think that that's also important when you're, um, you know, starting out. You've got like that one or two project that you might have done for friends and family. Get on Facebook reviews or get on Google reviews and start to build something that people can see what the feedback was. So I used Facebook massively for my renovate business, but I'm using Google reviews for this business and I just think it's really important where you get an opportunity to give feedback to another small business absolutely do it because it's and we've done a we've done a podcast about reviews already but if you get a chance to ask somebody to do a review for you also take the opportunity because it is massively important I'm I'm going to do a review for a locksmith I used yesterday he came out uh, in an emergency at an hour's notice he spent uh, he spent an hour with us and did a fantastic job, and he went above and beyond the the call of duty. So uh, that's the sort of thing. If you get service like that, as Ishtar so rightly says, uh, it's it's helpful to to other people who are looking for. In my case, that that locksmith, it's helpful to him. It's helpful to to his future customers to know that there are people out there who really appreciate the work that he's done yeah so if you can get any uh, if you can get any reviews on your your facebook uh, facebook linkedin google all all of all those and more then uh, don't don't be shy in asking for them but hopefully they'll come voluntarily because those are the best ones absolutely and if anyone would like to review this show if you go to any of the major podcast platforms, in fact, the ones that you're using to listen to this show right now, that'd be very much appreciated because, of course, all the reviews will help us get more visibility on the charts and therefore more people will hopefully listen and perhaps find it useful. Um, I think we've done this so far as we can. I mean, at the end of the day, we could keep on going forever, really, couldn't we? Oh, there's so much to so much to talk about when you're setting a business up, but um, uh, I think we're, we're going to publish some of the some of the more important areas, and the others, believe me, you'll find out for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but do you know what? Given that we're asking for engagement, why don't you ask us a question? Send us a DM, send us an email if you want some, you know, a chat. We are available. Well, you can chat to wish, so me me and Chris are uh, not very chatty. I'll have a chat. I don't mind having a chat. But like... Speak to the introvert (laughs) of the group. (laughs) But like the kindness of other human beings and small businesses, when you are starting out, you'll you'll recognise pretty quickly because most of every small business goes through this process and has, you know, the pains and the happy, happy moments that you will go through. So we're always willing... Well, at least me at this point <laughs> to share information and knowledge <laughs> no, no, to help you. Yeah, are. sure. Yeah. So yeah, and um, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So, uh, Chris Ishtar, thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, you guys have found it useful. Uh, you know where you can find us because we have slavelessly. <laughs> 
promoted ourselves throughout the course of the show um go and visit our new website which uh, will be live at the point of this recording it's gofishpodcast.com how exciting it'll be live by then yes indeed Good. um so yeah go and check that out <laughs> i just created a rod for my own back there but there we go go check us out on social media and uh say hello uh thank you very much for listening we hope you found it useful and uh enjoyed it and we'll catch you next time see you later get social at go fish podcast on instagram facebook and twitter